We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Keepa Blakesley. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking with some very special guests, Marla Lewis, children's music entertainer and award-winning mu- music producer, Seth Goldstein, as well as John Wood, the Kids First juror of note, who reviews all of the wonderful music sent into Kids First. Plus, we will be reviewing The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, The Book Thief, and Ender's Game. So to start off the show, we have with us the lovely Marla. How are you doing today? Quite well, thank you. Lovely? Well, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. It's awesome to have you on the show with us. So you are a children's music entertainer. Um, So tell me a little bit about your specific style of music. I would say it's global, really. I have all different styles that I like to uh, write in. Depends on the song. I've written songs. I wrote a song about Hawaii. It sounds like it's in Hawaii. And I've written songs. uh, I wrote a song about a China um, a Chinatown uh, parade and, you know, Chinese New Year. And that sounded very Oriental. So depends on what I'm writing about. That's awesome. I think it's really awesome to be able to incorporate, you know, not only just different like styles of music, but also different cultures into your music. And I think that's really awesome since you do children's music to sort of incorporate different cultures and customs from an early age and I think that's really awesome Uh, so wonderful it's wonderful to write children's music because it gives you so many possibilities for songs and so yeah you don't have to be all pop or all rock or you know whatever your genre is you can you can really uh you can really stretch the boundaries push the envelope Absolutely. Well, and I think as an artist, that's an incredible thing to be able to do because I feel like nowadays so many artists are sort of like confined to their genre. But if you're able to branch out and sort of experience all the different artistic possibilities you can, I think that's incredible as an artist. And that sounds incredible, you know, to do something you love as your job. So what sparks your love of entertaining and pursuing a career in children's music? Well, I've taught kids for many, many years. Um, my mother wanted to be an opera singer, so she auditioned for the opera and you know, loved jazz and got me into music very early. And I found that I, I was drawn to it. And um, I've always, all my life, I've been, uh, I've been into, listen, I hear music in my head. 
And for children, I just love the melody that you can create with children. Uh, you can write a biographical song about somebody. You can write about anything. I mean, I wrote a song about how cocoa was made. I mean, <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah, you can do anything you want, really. Yeah, that sounds so fun. So we also have with us John Wood, who is the official Kids First Juror of Note, who reviews all of the music, like I said. And John, you are quite the superstar when it comes to reviewing children's music. Um, so how are you doing today? I'm good. I prefer the lovely John Wood. But, the lovely uh, John Wood, yes. The lovely John uh, Wood and the lovely Marla. Excuse me. <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm doing well, Raven. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Yep. Glad to be here. And so you have um, been listening to Marla's music. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it and, you know, talk with her about your opinions of her music. Well, I think what's so captivating, I, I think you can hear um, in Marla's voice, uh, it just is just in her talking voice is very honey rich and very uh, endearing and, and, and draws you in. But awesome. even more so, the um, the production values of her of her um, songs and indeed, even more so than when she does Coco, for instance, you you learn, you're educated in the song without being preached to. And the music is so um, of the place where she is writing from, instrumentation-wise, the quality of musicians. And uh, that's what I've always loved about uh, your music, Marla. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very indebted, I just want to say, to Bob Stander, who is my producer. And we always, have, you know, we always use real musicians. Like my next CD, I'm going to have a mariachi band because I have a song. I wrote lyrics to the Mexican hat dance, you know, and we, he gets all those people for me. I don't know how he does it. And we can make it, we can, each song is like in a room and you enter that room and it's different than the other room before it or the one after it, you know, and uh, we can create that. So Bob Stander is wonderful. He's my producer. I didn't realize there were so many great musicians on Long Island. That's, <laughs> that's oh, fabulous. Long Island is is a reg, is a motherload. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, it, obviously, obviously, it's fabulous, and you, and I love that analogy of uh, the different rooms uh, with the uh, with the album being a house, and as you walk into different rooms, you're exposed to different types of music. I really like that. Exactly, exactly. That's how I feel. That's so awesome. So, Marlo, uh, how do you think music influences children growing up, um, and how do you think that sort of impacts their growth and development? And I'm sure, John, you can talk about this as well, because you have, you know, been reviewing children's music for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Well, music is a fun way to learn. Um, music, um, you know, you've probably heard of the multiple intelligences and all the different learning styles the kids have, and music touches every one of them all at once. And so how can you miss? Um, it's just very captivating. The melodies are beautiful. Um, I have seven kids, which I never expected. I have seven kids that I'm raising. And wow. they are extremely, especially the youngest one. And uh, so, yes, at least half of them have musical talent. But they're also drawn to music. They're drawn to it. I have a nine-year-old. He has to listen to 76 trombones from, you know, every time we're in the car. He fast-forwards <laughs> from the Broadway musical, you know, wow. and he just loves the music. You can see how he's listening to it. Kids learn all kinds of things when I'm teaching English. I teach the body parts in a musical chant way. And, uh, you know, just, just music is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun uh, to reach kids on many levels at once. That's so awesome. 
yeah, I yeah. think music is an incredible way to reach children. And Marla, thank you so much for telling us all about it. And guys, we are going to take a listen to one of Marla's songs. Um, and Marla, again, thank you so much for being with us today. And John, thank you for talking to us all about her music. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Keefa Blakesley. And today we are talking to special guests. Like I said, we just spoke with Marla Lewis, who is a music entertainer, and we just listened to one of her clips. And right now we are going to be talking with Seth Goldstein, award-winning music producer, as well as John Wood again. Um, and we are also going to be reviewing The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, The Book Thief, and Ender's Game. So, Seth, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to uh, to have this discussion with you. Thanks for yeah, inviting me. We appreciate having you with us. And again, we have John with us. Um, so Seth, you are the uh, producer and general manager of the Omis. So tell us a little bit about them. Sure, sure. Well, well the Omis isn't a band. It, it's really an act. Um, mm -hmm. And our focus is uh, working with preschool and early elementary kids and their families and caregivers um, to promote really two things, physical activity and, and um, decreasing anti-sedentary behavior. So the easiest way to describe that is uh, the, the Omis, really, is if Michelle Obama made a musical version of Dora the Explorer, that that would be us. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> bright, colorful characters, fun adventures. We're all about getting kids up and moving and active. Um, we certainly talk about nutrition, but, you know, th those things um, uh, t tend to kind of be boring, to be honest. You know, like we, we all uh, have, have learned about the food pyramid and, and sort of promptly forgotten it. Uh, and so what we've done is created like really great characters and really fun um, narratives that that uh, young kids can can latch on to and enjoy. And we've tried to create a great deal of music um, that uses sort of repetitive sequences and and again, these sort of imaginative adventures uh, to spark their imaginations and to get them um, to become more familiar with the idea of getting up and moving their bodies in ways that they might not have thought to do so before. Um, so that that's that's sort of the Omis, and and very quickly, you know, we, we do stage productions, we do concerts. Um, we we played the White House Easter egg role this year, which was just really very very special. That's incredible. That's awesome. Uh, it was great. Um, and now we're actually working on a television show um, that hopefully about a year from now will debut on a Canadian broadcaster. And uh, in the spring of 2015, we'll be on in the States. Wow, that's awesome. So you guys just released your first album. Um, so John, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you've listened to it and reviewed it as well. Absolutely. I, I, I tell you, I was a little frightened at first uh, of the pictures of the characters, as I am of clowns named after fruits and vegetables. But, <laughs> but as soon as I, as soon as I, the first downbeat of the album, uh, Seth, uh, you had me at the opening song. And uh, it, it, what you just said is exactly true, and it comes through on the album. The the production work, again, the character, the the levels of the um, different stratums of the characters are are wonderful, and their voices all play into um, as the, everybody's in concert, as it were, together. And then, as I read more about the background material and realized it was uh, developed as a stage show, everything made perfect sense to me and uh you really love the album really fell for it no th well thank you so much i mean we we're we're, we're quite proud of it um uh, we like like uh in, in many ways like what marla was saying i mean we we've oh we've 
feel it's very important to have live musicians in a studio recording. We think there's a richness in, in the music and, and we've tried to explore a variety of musical styles to introduce kids to lots of different instrumentations and rhythms and speeds to, to help just get the body moving and, and spark the imagination. Yeah, and the message is great um, too. And you know, in the search in the garden, and it, there's there's a point, there's a story, there's a there's a uh, there's a, there's an epic adventure that goes on within the concept of this uh, this album, as in any great stories uh, uh, have. So, again, well done. Well, I, yes, thank you. I mean, we we could not be happier. We just released the album in mid-September, and um, we've gotten great, you know really wonderful responses, and and uh, we're, we're trying to put together a little bit more touring to really introduce the album uh, to audiences across the country. Oh, that'd be great, and good luck too on your uh, the Canadian venture. That that would be a, a terrific TV show. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, obviously that gives us an opportunity. topic for a while because it, it is an epidemic and uh, I think the more voices uh, that are trying to help reverse the trend the better um, and you know it, it, if we can do it in a way that never feels preachy that always feels sort of organic and and directly out of uh, these great stories then I feel like we have a shot at really affecting behavior at, with these kids in a, in a foundational point of their lives um, so yeah, yeah. It's a big mission. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm confident. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, I have an old tarantula costume that I could drag out, and I, I would love to be in the show. You know, John, we have been actually toying with a, a tarantula, so why don't you send me your headshot and resume? And <laughs> I will do. I will do. And you'll call, right? You will call. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I personally cannot wait to see everything that the Omis has in store. And I love your guys' message. And I can't wait to see the TV show when it comes out. Um, so, Seth, thank you so much for being with us. And, guys, we will play a little clip from the Omis. Um, but, Seth, thank you so much for being with us and telling us all about them. And, John, of course, we appreciate having you with us and giving us your expertise input on all of the music we've been listening to at Kids First. So, again, Seth, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Raven. Thank and you. John, yes, thank you very much. Let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Keefa Blakesley. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network.
Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have an important voice to be heard. You are our future, and you need a forum to be heard. Tune in to American Pulse on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll talk to the student leaders of America and find out what they're doing to make a difference today. You'll be inspired to start working now for a brighter future later. American Pulse is heard live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. It's time to lead by example. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hello and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host, Keith Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. And today, we're going to be talking about the films, Hunger Games, The Nutcracker, and this game, and the book, Thief. And we just interviewed, and Raven just interviewed, some musical talents, John Wood, Marla Lewis, and Seth Goldstein. And I'm now interviewing Raven on The Hunger Games. And how are you doing, Raven? I am very well. Thank you for talking to me about this phenomenal movie. Always a pleasure. (laughs) So I have not seen this film and I have not even read the books. So can you please tell me a little bit about what The Hunger Games Catching Fire is about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So Hunger Games Catching Fire picks up um, a little bit after the first Hunger Games where it left off. And it stays very true to the book, in my opinion. Um, So in the original Hunger Games, it's the 74th annual Hunger Games. And, you know, everybody's fighting for their lives and whatnot. And Peta and Katniss sort of go against the rule of the district. And they make it so that both of them live when the rule is only that one person can live. So um, now it's showing... um, uh, a year later 
it's just showing all of the repercussions that happened because these two individuals went against the grain and went against what they were supposed to do. And so all of these riots are happening. And so the district got this idea to prove to the people that, you know, um, District 12 can't stand up against them. They say that they're going to get all of the victors from previous years and get them together to have their own little hunger games of themselves, like the victors fighting against each other, to prove to the people that the capital is still in control and that the victors aren't invincible. So it's all about um, them doing that and then uh, everybody, all of the victors, like nobody wants to fight again and it's about the victors trying to find a way to stop the games from happening and try to get the people's sympathy and it's all about, you know, Peter and Katniss's relationship developing and it's really just an incredible film. Wow, and all of that in one breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm just so talented when it comes to going on rants, aren't I? <laughs> so this is in a, like a 200-page book? Man. Yes. And imagine it in an hour and a, or hour to a two-and-a-half film. Yeah, well, it's two-and-a-half hours, um, and I wish it would have gone on longer, honestly. When it ended, me and my friend, we looked at each other, and we were like, no! Like, I can't even wait for the third one to come out, and the, the second one just comes out on Friday, so it's ridiculous. Well, it seems like a very packed film. So with all of those stories and subplots, is the story easy to follow, not just for people who read the book, but for people who know nothing about Hunger Games? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Um, when I saw the first Hunger Games film, I had never read the books, and I still haven't even finished reading the books yet. Um, but I think... Uh, the Hunger Games plot is really incredible and it's really good. I think you'll be confused if you see this movie without seeing the first one, only because it ties in so much with the um, first movie. And I think seeing the third film when it comes out without seeing this film would be confusing because the story ties in so much together. But I feel like, you know, the the plot in general is um, relatively easy to follow and it's it's nothing super crazy or you know, mind gamey or anything like that. Hmm. So I can just go and watch the film if I've been watching the first one. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Best absolutely. Movie yeah. <laughs> so this seems like, yeah, uh, trying to survive, trying to survive film. And there's, of course, going to be cross um, spears, swords, bloodshed, all that kind of stuff. How was the action in this film? Is it like better than the first one or? The action was incredible. I feel like there was a bit less gore in this one. In the first film, you know, within the first few scenes of um, the games, there's, like, several deaths and whatnot. And in this um, film, of course, that happens with the games. But I feel like you don't really see the deaths as much because um, all of the victors, they don't want to be fighting each other. Whereas with the typical Hunger Games, it's the, it's like they're fighting for honor and whatnot. But all of these victors, they're like, we've already been through this. We don't want to do it again. Um, and it shows sort of they've, they're all going through post-traumatic stress and they're having problems. So I feel like everything is a bit more humane. And in this film, most of the people die because the games keepers are causing them to die. And for those of you who don't know about the Hunger Games, um, they, it's pretty much people... 24 people fight to the death and they're in an arena, but the arena is completely computer generated and the games keepers can control the entire arena. So pretty much all of the victors aren't trying to kill each other and the games keepers have to kill people off using, um, you know, the computer generated yeah. arena. So yeah. people die more from like landslides and floods and crazy animals than they do actual like manslaughter. So it's, it's a bit different, but it's still very action packed. Yeah, totally agree. Because I do like the Hunger Games because I've 
actually have seen the first one, but now I ha- don't have to tell my friends to see it to go watch this film. But I, I find it interesting that it is like a chessboard. It's practically it's for the ever- entertainment, and it's pretty much they're trying to be civilized people, but they're being really uncivil civilized. Watching people die for their entertainment—it's quite sick in my mind. But that's what makes this book very interesting and number one selling book in the New, New York Times. But <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, since this is pretty much a computer-generated gener- world that they're fighting in, how's the cinematography? The cinematography is absolutely incredible. Um, I think it has a very similar style, obviously, to the first film. Uh, but I really love the style. There's a lot of handheld camera when they're in, not when they're um, fighting in the games, but when they're in the certain districts, because, like pretty much an hour of this film takes place in each district and it's you know what happens before the games whereas in the first film it was only um like 15 20 minutes of pre-game footage and in this film there's a huge chunk of the film that's before the games actually start but I felt like the layout of um, the arena in this film was incredible I absolutely loved it and I feel like they did an amazing job portraying it and how it's made out to be in the books Um, and I think the cinematography and CGI is absolutely fantastic Hmm. I can totally agree with you there from judging by the last film well, you're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Kiefer Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And today, we're going to be talking about the films, The Book Thief, Ender's Game, The Nutcracker, Hunger Games Catching Fire, and interviewing musical stars John Wood, Mar- Marla Lewis, and Seth Goldstein. And we were just talking with Raven on how Hunger Games Catching Fire cinematography is absolutely amazing. It's... Absolutely breathtaking to watch this kind of, kind of film with people watching other people fight for entertainment. So I don't even have to ask this question, but I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> Who's your favorite character in this film? Um, you, It's actually good that you asked that question because I honestly don't know. I feel like... And I'm going to keep bringing up the first film because I don't even know how else to explain it. In the first film, I feel like you didn't get attached to as many characters. I mean, you get attached to, like, Peta and Katniss and then Rue, obviously, because that's so emotional. Um, But you don't really get attached to any of the other um, tributes, you know. But in this film, you, you hear everybody's stories and you see what everybody has gone through and I feel like there's a lot more teamwork in this film um than there than there is like it's not like everybody's fighting against each other it's more like two groups of people like the people that don't want the games to happen and then the people that are like let's just do this um so I think it's a lot different because you get attached to all of the characters um so I have so many characters that I love so much and got so attached to but I think Jennifer Lawrence did an incredible job in this film and I think she's an amazing actor and I've loved her you know since she's been in um indie films you know since before she got all huge and whatnot and I think she's incredible so I think Katniss is one of my favorites but in this film you see every character i think a bit more differently so it's hard to say well wow well with a battlefield like this you're gonna have to get attached to a lot of characters but absolutely it's it's amazing how this book or even movie script can tie in all these characters and yet well there's actually no question how do, do they succeed in trying to get all these characters in while still trying to tell a story and doing the subplots and trying to keep, leave a cliffhanger? 
oh, it was incredible. I mean, there was such a cliffhanger, and that's how it is in the books. And I can't, like I said, I can't wait for the third um, film to come out. But I, I can't even start thinking about that because that's months or years away. Um, but I think in Catching Fire, they do an incredible job showing each character and giving a taste of their own backstory and subplots and different relationships between the characters while also sticking to the main focus which is what's happening in the games and what's happening for you know Peta and Katniss obviously um, but I think it's really incredible how it shows everything that's going on because it's not just about what's happening in the games I feel like this film is so much more political because it's uprisings are happening and that's like the whole reason why they have the games because there was an uprising and the capital wants to show that they're in power and now they're losing power and I think the film does an incredible job of showing that. Well totally agree and I find it a little bit easier from the writer's point of view to write a script to characters that already been established instead of like introducing them it's kind of easier to to get more character it's more of a character-driven script. So the the script pretty much writes itself because these characters are so three-dimensional. Yeah, there's a lot more, there's a lot, I feel like there's almost a bit more dialogue in this film um, than there was in the first film. And there's a lot more, there's a lot more character um, relationships and development in this film, I believe. Um, but I think it's st still incredible and there's still lots of action while also bringing in a more emotional side. This film is a lot darker than the original for sure. And since it's dark, quick, um, quickly before I run out of time, um, age range for the film and how many stars do you give it? Um, I give it five out of five stars, absolutely, because if you just listen to the past 10 minutes, I have been <laughs> raving about this film. Um, but I think for age reading, I would say 13 and up. The film is PG-13. Um, but I think if you've seen, if you've read the books and if you saw the first film, you could see it because I know that there are definitely some young fans of The Hunger Games, but definitely take into consideration that it is a film about people killing each other. Uh, so it's definitely something to watch out for and parents take caution with that. But if you've read the books and seen the previous films, go for it because it's awesome. Definitely. Well, I'll, do, I'll definitely take a look at that. Let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Kiefer Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you are listening to Voice America News. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hello and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host, Keith Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you are listening to Voice America Kids Network. And today, we are going to be talking about the films Hunger Games Catching Fire, Ender's Game, and The Book Thief. And we, will be in a, and we just interviewed John Wood, Marla Lewis, and Seth Goldstein. I am here with Rayburn talking about the sci-fi film Ender's Game. So thank you so much for talking about the film with me, Raven. Oh, it's a pleasure. This film is like, um, oh my, it's like my new favorite movie. Honestly, it's incredible. <laughs> Well, since it's another movie based off the book, and I've mm-hmm. neither read the book or seen the movie, can you tell us a, a little bit of a synopsis of the film? Um, well, this film, like you said, is based off of the best-selling book by Orson Scott Card, and um, Ender's Game is placed 50 years after an alien species tries to colonize Earth, and I just want to get this straight. People always say that they tried to attack Earth, and they weren't trying to attack Earth. They were trying to colonize it to save themselves because their planet was running out of water, so just putting that out there. Anyway, um, besides the point that they weren't necessarily trying to attack Earth, millions of lives were lost, um, so obviously Earth freaked out, and there's an international military now, so it's like all everyone is all together and whatnot. And um, they start enlisting young children into a program that trains them um, through intensive hand combat and also these video game-like activities that train them how to, you know, fight the aliens through simulations and um, fly space fleets and whatnot. And the best of the best um, of the kids that are enlisted in these programs go and are sent off to a space camp um, and they are trained to lead and fight in the military and Ender Wiggin played by Asa Butterfield is extremely gifted and he's at the top of his class and everything and he's an an incredible fighter and really good at strategies and he is recruited by Colonel Graff played by Harrison Ford and um, Colonel Graff believes that Ender could be the only hope left for humanity because he's afraid that the um, Forinx, the aliens, are going to attack again. Um, but Ender is having a really hard time dealing with whether or not he can take on that responsibility. 
Wow. <laughs> so it's pretty much it's pretty much Hunger Games in space, huh? Yes. Except <laughs> except here's the thing, not necessarily because this film is so there's so many different layers to this film um and i could go on and on forever about this but (laughs) if people want to know all my thoughts you can read my review but um there's so many different layers to this film and i feel like there's a lot more emotional levels than there is action and obviously this film it's a sci-fi futuristic film um so there's definitely you know for people that are into like space war and whatnot you'll definitely get your fix with this but there's a lot more character development in this film i feel like um than just you know battling and killing and whatnot well since this is a pretty much a sci-fi film is it just your typical sci-fi film Absolutely not, because I personally don't really like sci-fi films that much. Like, people are going to hate me, but I don't really like Star Wars, and I don't really like Star Trek, and like, ah, uh, no, Raven, you have to like those movies. But no, um, I personally don't really like sci-fi films that much, but this film, like I said, has so many different layers, Um, and I didn't, like, I've never read the book, so I didn't think I was going to like this movie very much, because I, like, watched a few of the trailers and I was like eh but then I walked out of it like I cried in this movie so much I've seen it three times in theaters actually in the past like two weeks so I feel like it's not your typical sci-fi film at all like if you don't like sci-fi films or futuristic movies I still think you should see this because it's incredible well I like sci-fi films mostly I'm a Trekkie live long and prosper and <laughs> absolutely and again I agree with you I, I looking at the trailer I kind of went eh I wasn't very interested in it. Yeah, you have to watch it. You're going to love it. Well, judging by your review, I'm going to say it's a definitely go see. So after this, I'm going to buy the movie tickets right now. Yes. (laughs) So as you mentioned, we have some big named actors, Asar Butler, Haley Steinfeld, the list goes on. How do they do in this film by just characters? I think they did incredible. Um, Asa Butterfield is fantastic. Um, And he does a wonderful job playing Ender and showing how, you know, emotionally complex Ender is because Ender is having to deal with the fact that he's very sympathetic and very emotional, but he's also very quick to violence. And so he has to find a good way to balance that out. Um, There's also Moises Arias is in this film. And I think Moises is a fantastic actor. Um, He plays Bonzo and, um, it was cool to see him in this film because Moises, um, a lot of people listening might know him. He played Rico in Hannah Montana for several years, and he was just in an incredible film that I love, um, Kings of Summer. And um, he plays a really funny character, but he's usually more of a comedic actor. So it was really cool to see him in more of a serious role. And then, um, like you said, there's Abigail Breslin, um, Haley Steinfeld, who's an incredible actress. She was just in Romeo and Juliet, and she's the main character in True Grit. So she's got a lot of experience under her belt for being so young. And then there's incredible adult actors as well, like um, Harrison Ford, Ben Kingsley, Viola Davis. So I think overall, they just had a perfect cast um, and perfect characters to go along with it. Totally agree. I love Ben Kingsley and... He's fantastic. He's amazing. So we got some great actors in this movie, it sounds like. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Kiefer Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And today we're going to be, we were interviewing John Wood, Marla Lewis, and Seth Goldstein, and reviewing the films Hunger Games Catching Fire, Ender's Game, and The Book Thief. We were now just talking with Raven on how the stars in this film are amazing and how uh, Musso, Mitchell Musso, 
who's not he's more of a comedic character but he's nice to do com- um drama drama work and all these array of characters all in one film so it was yes. fun to see this yes uh, and it's Moises Arias actually not Mitchell Musso but both of them are in Hannah Montana so you're very close <laughs> Moises Arias okay sorry Moises Arias no problem and- <laughs> Anyway, so we have a lot of action in this film as aliens and spaceships. Yeah. How were the special effects? Um, the special effects and CGI were incredible. It was very breathtaking. And I saw it the first time in IMAX, which was amazing. All IMAX movies are incredible um, because you really get sucked into it. And then the second time I saw it um, was in 3D. And then the third time I saw it was just in nothing in a regular theater with no 3D. And all three times were incredible. Like, I think no matter how you – like, you could watch this on – um, the lowest quality computer ever and it would still be incredible I think mm. and I think what's even better about this film is that not only is it so emotionally stimulating and it's so cool to see visually but there's so many um, like there's like there's emotional layers and but it's also very visual so I think that's a really cool mix mm. well a good sci-fi film can always be emotional yeah. I still cried when Spark died in the Star Trek movies sorry mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but it's nice to see that it's not just total action and not much character driven. It's actually quite the opposite. Mom, they kind of tone in the action, but still get a lot of emotional and character, yeah, character in there. And that's always good to see in a sci-fi film. That's always makes you think sci-fi's gone a long way, especially in the especially in the future. Absolutely. Well, and this film did something that a lot of films and media don't really do because I think it's sort of like a taboo to talk about like actual problems um, that are in our society but this film touched on an abundance of issues that are actually prevalent in our society all around the world today Um, and the one that stood out to me the most uh, which is what like got to me the most I feel like because I have a lot of family um, that's in the army and the military but this film touched on the topic that you know even though we're not necessarily sending 12 year olds off to war, like so many of our troops are fresh out of high school and they are not ready for what they're about to face. Um, But this film shows that, that the violence that kids see, you know, not just in a sci-fi, you know, fighting aliens, but in real life, like the violence and killing and all of this stuff weighs so much on a person. And, you know, these kids um, get sent off to this space boot camp and they are completely broken down and it's not even taken into consideration that they're children. They're completely broken down and then built back up to be these people lacking empathy and, you know, they're terribly depressed and um you know when they come back from space camp they're just hardened and there's not much left of them and that's something that's an actual issue nowadays you know and like i said we're not sending children children off to war but i mean 18 year olds still it's ridiculous well that's very interesting that sci-fi film were um touching that subject especially if someone told you that oh the movie's going to talk about this subject you're going to be like oh then that's smart enough to do it but that's good that they're smart enough to talk about that subject and succeed yeah and a cool thing is is it does it in such a subliminal way that i mean i picked it out because my mom was like look at that look at all of that subliminal messages and all this (laughs) stuff um but it does it in a way where it's entertaining so it's not like preachy and it's not super political or anything but it's it's definitely something to pay attention to um and i think you know you get this since we're kids first film critics we get trained to look at like deeper levels and that's something that I saw and another thing which has been talked about so much especially since Grand Theft Auto 5 just came out all over the media it's like oh violent video games and blah 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 but this film 
definitely also address the fact that like video games that are super violent desensitize our culture because yes. in the film the kids um, at the space camp are trained using these very very realistic um, video games which are way more high tech than anything we've ever seen obviously but it's still these kids aren't being allowed to see what they're doing and how it's actually affecting um, the world around them and others because they're told that it's just a game, um, yeah. which is why it's called Ender's Game because yeah. it's, you know, it's not a game. It's stuff that could happen in real life and yeah. they're not being allowed to realize that. So, totally agree. Well, thank you so much, Raven, for talking about Ender's Game with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and listening to my rant about this film. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. And welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakely. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. And today, we were interviewing John Wood, Marla Lewis, and Seth Goldstein on their musical hits. And reviewing the films Hunger Games and Ender's Game and The Book Thief. And right now, I'm talking with Raven on the movie The Book Thief. Nice to talk to you again, Raven. 
Yes, it is becoming the Kiefer and Raven show today, isn't it? Yes, and all we need is Brianna. Let's hope yes. she comes oh, on Brianna. next. Shout out to Brianna. Get better soon. We miss you. Soon. <laughs> anyway, so again, haven't read the book or seen the movie. I mean, I have not read the book. I've seen the movie, so I'm one step ahead of you there. <laughs> again, so can you tell me a synopsis of this movie? Absolutely. Um, so the book Thief is, again, um, based off of the uh the best-selling novel by Marcus Suzik, and um, it is set in Germany during uh, World War II, and it is about a girl named um, Liesel, and she is, uh, her mother is a communist, and, uh, you know, can't take care of her and her brother anymore, so she is um, putting them up for adoption so that they can have a better life while she runs from the Nazi party, and, um, so poor Liesel is sent away to this new family in Germany um, where, you know, everything is completely different than what she's grown up to be um, raised, you know, and it, everything is completely different for her. And she is having a hard time in school because she hasn't been taught to read. And she takes this book and it's um, a funeral director's manual. And she gets her new father to teach her how to read it because she has a really hard time with her new mother. She's, you know, a very strict German woman and is like, oh, this girl is just causing me more trouble than any good. But um, her new father, Hans, is incredibly sweet and just amazing. And um, so she is pretty much learning how to read and she makes this new friend Rudy who's her neighbor and he's also sort of like very interested in her story because nobody really knows that she's a communist because it's very dangerous um if you're not a member of the Nazi party and like super supporting of Hitler in those times so anyway um she goes to a book burning and she has you know just developed this new love of reading and she thinks it's incredible now because she's just learned to read and she sees all these books burning and she thinks it's you know just terrible so she starts stealing some of the books and that sparks her love of reading even further and so she begins to start stealing a bunch of books and um, her family starts to uh, take in this Jewish refugee um, and hide him under the stairs to keep him safe and he gets really sick so she goes and steals um, all of this Jewish literature and takes it back to him and reads to him and it's so touching and it's really awesome. Sounds like a touching film you've got Nazi parties, burning books. Now you gotta say this has to be emotional. It is very emotional. It definitely start the the um film is actually something that's interesting about this is I asked my friend who read the book and I was like, does this happen in the book? Because the whole film is narrated by death, yeah. which is super cool because they give they turn death into like this own its own character, like this person, and so it's like this this voice who you know is death in a sense is narrating the whole film so it it gives the whole film sort of a heavier tone because you know everything that happened during that time was incredibly incredibly horrific and um it was really hard to witness all of like the racism and the hardships that were happening not only to the Jewish people but anyone who didn't necessarily look like an Aryan um German person and anyone who was helping out someone who was Jewish or anyone who didn't have out um their Nazi party flag like it was just there was so much hardships going on in that time and this film really addresses that in a really beautiful way you know it makes it beautiful to watch and um but also very emotional well of course because this seems like a very emotional film on because this was a very hard time mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and I did lie I did read some of the book not the full book but I but I do and I have 
seen the I have read parts of the book of it is from death point of view and that's very interesting. Yeah. Especially in the book and I be, and for what the parts I read it seems to have gone with the move the book has gone from the book quite a bit and so since the actors have to imagine themselves in this very dire time how was the actors in this film um i thought the acting was incredible um lacel is played by i'm going to butcher her last name um sophie nalise i believe it is um and she does an incredible job because she's very held back in the beginning you know she's taken to um this new place which she has never been to before and she's taken away from her family and that's Mm. very hard for her and then she wasn't raised you know soup like to to be held up to all the standards that the nazi party has you know her mother is running away from the nazi party so she has sort of this um disdain towards the nazi party yet everybody in her town is like super pro hitler i guess in a sense and so it's very hard for her because it's dangerous for her and not only that but her family um her new family is hiding this refugee but pretending to you know be a part of the nazi party and she does an incredible job showing all of the ups and downs that this character goes through and i think all of the actors were incredible wow sounds very good and the actors sound like they're doing a fantastic job Hmm. well (laughs) you're listening to voice america kids network i'm your co-host keifa blakesley and i'm your co-host raven devaney and today we are going to be talking about the films Hunger Games Catching Fire, Endless Game, and The Book Thief. And we were interviewing John Wood, Marla Lewis, and Seth Goldstein. We were just talking with Raven how the actors do a fantastic job um, portraying this dire time of communists and burning books. And how the actress is, again, I'm butchering her name too. But, uh, Sophie Nalise, I believe it so- is. Sophie, yes. Sophie. <laughs> I'll have it on you if I don't get it right, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, keeping is make is smuggling a a Jew um another uh communist under the stairs, and yeah. it seems very suspenseful. So yeah, absolutely. So in this film, this we're in the German times and and back in the 1900s. How was the cinematography and the costuming? Um, I think the cinematography was absolutely beautiful and the use of colors was incredible. Um, the very first film starts, I mean, the very first scene, excuse me, um, starts off with death narrating and it starts above the clouds and then the clouds sort of transform into the smoke of a train. Um, and, you know, it's just a very beautiful visual sort of bringing like this heavenly element into real life. And then the rest of the film, the cinematography is just beautiful. And um, like I said, the use of colors was fantastic. And I think the costumes um, were incredible. And the set, like I'm not sure um, if they were using a, like a studio set for some of the scenes um, mm-hmm. or if they fa- actually found like an old village in Germany, which could have been the case because um, the little village, you know, Heaven Street, which is where uh, Liesel's new home is it's so authentic looking and it's so cool to see like the cobblestone roadways and the old houses that are super tiny with like the raised front porches like I thought it was incredible and very authentic to the time period for sure and since this is a very kind of dark but very deep subject in the Mm -hmm. story what would you give the age range for this film Oh, goodness. Um, I would probably give the age uh, 12 and up. 
because mm. I think, you know, there's always, there's always, um, options for younger children to see the film and there's always exceptions if you've grown up seeing more mature films um or if you've read the book you know uh but this film you know it is during um world war ii in nazi germany so there is a lot of um racism and very racist propaganda and a lot of uh violence i mean not an abundance of violence but there's definitely an essence of oppression which is definitely carried through throughout the whole film so i think um it's a bit more mature but 12 and up should be able to handle it just fine well that's good because um i heard that most of um kids in middle school have to read this book as and i read it when i was in sixth grade and i do have to read i well read some of it in sixth grade and I do have to agree, it is dark, but I don't think you would hurt kids. Um, her kids might be like, oh my gosh, what is this imagery? Oh, it's scary. But I do have to agree that kids uh, 12 and up would, would be the age range. Yeah, well, and I feel like some children are sort of sheltered from the whole, like, how vastly terrible uh, World War II was. And so I feel like yeah. if if you're a parent and you're listening to this and your child doesn't really know about what happened in World War II. Like, thankfully in this film, you don't see any like concentration camps, which was where like no. the true terribleness comes out. Um, yeah. But yeah. if your child doesn't really know what happened, I think maybe take caution with that because they might see this movie and be like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but otherwise I don't think it's too much to handle. Well, it ain't no Shinda's list. Yeah, list, it's but... <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not Schindler's List, my goodness. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Raven, for talking about Book Thief with me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, and you have to go see it. Otherwise, I will. I don't even know what I'll do. I'll be very disappointed <laughs> in you. Watch this movie, <laughs> Kiefer. <laughs> I'll watch all the films that you review tonight. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our video reviews on the latest films and DVD releases, and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. I'm your co-host, Kiefer Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. 
Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 